from day one, we charged a price. So the introductory price was 25 a month. And just out of respect to people who sort of latched on early, you know, I'm happy to carry them forward. But um, yeah, right now it's just a $49 tier or $490 for the year. Yeah, so it's currently at about 6,000 MRR. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Ben Latz. He's a personal finance nerd turned software developer. He left his first job out of college after six months to launch Wingman, his current company. It's a trade tracker for options traders. Two years later, he's running it part-time and leads product as a co-founder at The Tie, a fintech data business. All right, Ben, you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, let's do it. So where are you spending more of your time, Wingman or The Tie? Uh, Definitely The Tie. So that's my full-time focus. But um, you know, spending an hour or two a day on Wingman, um, treating it more as a side project now that it's pretty developed. Which came first, Wingman or the tie? Um, so my involvement was first with Wingman. Uh, my my good friend for a decade now is actually starting the tie at roughly the same time. I ended up joining him about six months or so after I started Wingman. Um, so the company started around the same time, but I joined the tie uh, several months later. So which of the, so let's, let's sort of break down each quickly. So what does Wingman do? Yeah. So uh, as I said in the intro, Wingman helps options traders track their trades. And so the best way I can sort of give an analogy is if you could imagine a CFO at a startup, um, if they had to manually track every single expense in the company in a spreadsheet, you know, versus just having something like QuickBooks, right? That's the level of difference where these options traders who are individuals, Um, they're given no data from their brokerage firms about their trading and their performance and analysis besides a single P&L number year to date. So it's like if a CFO is operating an entire business with a single profit number. So what Wingman does is it imports your trades directly from your brokerage. So that way it handles all the organization, all the analysis, all the tracking, your cost basis, your P&L on every trade. uh, So you don't have to spend any time doing it in a spreadsheet. Why doesn't... Like, I feel like when I log into my Ameritrade account, I can see some of this sort of breakdown, but it's sort of confusing because they're not software people and they're a big bureaucratic thing. I mean, shouldn't most of them be doing this in, internally? You would think so. And it's actually a lot easier for stock. So people who just trade stock, there are plenty of trackers out there that do this just fine. The problem with options trading is it's very complicated. You have multiple expiration dates. Positions have 
multiple contracts within a single position. That position can move from month to month. And so it takes a you know, pretty deep level of experience with options to actually understand how people want to track this and embed all of that domain expertise into a software that does it for you. So that's why there's just nothing really out there that goes this niche, I would say. I want to spend most of the time on your main focus, which is the tie, but I want to wrap up Wingman Tracker though first. So you launched it in what, 2017? Um, I had the idea in 2017. I ended up... Um, partnering with a friend from school who helped me build it and, you know, it wouldn't exist without him. Uh, we, we ended up launching in end of May, 2018. Um, so yeah, it's been uh, quite the journey. Did you guys just split equity 50, 50? Yeah. Yeah. We did that to start and then adjusted later on, um, quite recently just for the shift in, in balance of work. So you basically gave some more to him because you're now working on the tie. Um, I actually took a little bit more because I had been doing most of the work um, for the past year or so. Just he has a full-time job and is doing extremely well in his career. Um, so he's sort of the, you know, he's been a great partner helping me build it, launch it, run it. Um, and now he's more of sort of an, an advisor role where we talk very frequently about it. But I've been doing all the development, all the design, customer support, that sort of thing. Got it. And how many customers does Wingman have today? Right now, there's 180 paying customers um, and about 80 people on their free trial. Okay, got it. I mean, so can I take 180 times your minimum price point, 49? I mean, it's doing like eight, nine, 10 grand a month, something like that? Uh, not quite. So there are people who are grandfathered in. Um, from day one, we charged a price. So the introductory price was 25 a month. And just out of respect to people who sort of latched on early, you know, I'm happy to carry them forward. But um, yeah, right now, it's just a $49 tier or $490 for the year. And um, yeah, so it's currently at about 6,000 MRR. Okay, so I mean, how do you, you're building something that has some initial traction, you clearly like it. How do you know that the right thing to do is spend less time on it and go focus on this new thing called the tie? Yeah, I mean, this has been a constant you know, thing in my head for the past year and a half plus because on the one hand, it's really nice to have two things at the same time from a diversification and interest standpoint and you know, that sort of thing. But it also can lead to burnout and be really frustrating as to figure out, like, what should I spend my time on? You know, I'm doing the same exact skills and activities in terms of web development with both because I'm building the product for both. Um, but it became quite clear early on, and this is sort of why I joined the tie in the first place. The nature of the opportunity in the market for the tie is just much larger. So I can take the same skills and effort and um, put that into the tie for just a much more leveraged effect of what I could put into Wingman. So what is the tie? Yeah, the tie where we focus uh, primarily on two types of data for the cryptocurrency space. Um, so the first is we're an official Twitter partner. So we leverage their firehose and calculate real-time investor sentiment on you know hundreds of cryptocurrencies. And we feed that. Uh, we sell APIs to hedge funds and other market participants. Um, our partner that we spun off of has been doing that for 10 years. Who'd you spin yeah, off of? Um, it's a Chicago-based company called Social Market Analytics. They're one of the leading providers of that social sentiment data for the equity space. Um, and and walk other, me through how that worked, though. How'd that connection? Your partner worked there or something? Um, yeah, there's some connections in terms of just uh, existing business relationships in previous companies. Um, yeah, it's kind of a long story, but there is a, a close connection that spans you know, 10 years. 
I see. I see. So for someone that is listening right now, that is not super familiar with all of this stuff. I mean, is there a way that can you explain this to like me, like make it like dumb it down? Uh, which part exactly? The, the tie, right? So like if I had, if you asked me to explain it back to you right now, what I would tell you is um, there's this new cryptocurrency called the Nathan coin. Uh, all of a sudden this morning, your tool realized that a thousand people were tweeting things and they had smiley emojis in the tweet. So your NLP is saying, hey, this is there's bullish sentiment on this thing. It's going to keep spiking. And so you, t- you quickly sell that data to hedge funds who maybe have a live pipeline to you and they go buy some of the token for, for hedging or to get some of the upside. Is that sort of how it works? Sure. That's that's close enough. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of technology that goes into it, but that's the general idea. The other half of the tie really quickly is um, something we've developed over the past year and a half, which is um, we're going out and live scraping from 1,200 plus direct sources. And um, the whole idea is that if you look at a traditional space like equities or stocks, um, all of their information about what moves the market, like corporate actions, you know, a CEO get firing, uh, you know, an SEC filing, all of those are very standardized, but there is nothing that can actually understand the live market moving events in crypto. So what we did was over 1200 sources, we developed topic models to really isolate what's happening. What coin is it about? What event is it? Is it a partnership? Is it a hack? Is there a scam going on? And we're delivering that, you know, sub five minutes from around the world to our participants with a very similar goal of just getting information faster than everyone else. Um, Because that stuff can really move the market. Like, for example, if a coin gets listed on Coinbase, you know, it's probably going to go up 20 or 30 percent. What's the team look like today? How many people? Um, So it's uh, a co-founder, Josh and I, with a couple of advisors. We're based in the U.S. He's in California. I'm in Austin. And then we have a great team of developers that we work with um, in Pakistan which is about uh, four other full-time developers. So we're really just, um, you know, all developers and uh, Josh really carries the team on sales. A lot of SaaS founders have heard that it's smart to build these sort of outsourced development teams. There's a lot of talented people over there, but they're just scared. They don't know how to start, right? So like, let's just start with like the obvious question. I mean, when you say four really smart people full-time in Pakistan, well, I mean, total expenses on that is, is what? Like four, five, 10, 30, 50 grand a month? Um, well, we have a certain arrangement with the development firm, and this is a development firm we've had a long-standing relationship with. So that's sort of the caveat, I would say. Um, so we have sort of an in-kind arrangement where they're providing sort, you know, discounted rates as in exchange for some equity in the company. Um, so that allows us to keep our cash burning control. Um, and we're profitable at this point. But um, when people ask me about outsourcing development, you know, I'm definitely hesitant to say, like, just you know, go find someone. This is a company. They're based in Chicago. Um, they have offices around the world. We feel What's really their comfortable. Name? The development company is called SSI. And they and you yeah. brought that connection or Josh did? So they're actually the same development firm that Social Market Analytics uses. So it's still a long-running relationship that we feel great about. Um, these are not just people that we found for the sake of the tie. Yeah, this is Strategic Systems International in Chicago. They, they right. clearly know what they're I'm just looking them up on LinkedIn. Yeah, they're, they're super smart guys. It's like three, 300 employees. They know what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't just go find someone, uh, you know, random overseas. Now, now, so what happened here? Because so when I look at the tie on Crunchbase, you are not listed as a co-founder. And you did not mention Eric Frank or Josh Frank, which maybe they're related. But are they still involved with yeah, the company? Josh, Josh is my co-founder. Oh, sorry. Joseph Gitz. What about Joseph yeah. and Josh Frank? 
Yeah. So Joe is the CEO of Social Market Analytics. So he and Eric are sort of our co-founding advisors. Josh and I are really the day-to-day operations co-founders. Oh, I see. Okay, got it. So when you said earlier your team size is two, you were referencing you and Josh Frank. Eric Frank and Josh Gitz are kind of more like, they have equity, but they're more like advisors, not operational. Yep. There you go. I I see. I see. Okay. Talk to me about, the the tool sounds compelling and interesting. How are you pricing? Like a lot of people will price against number of API calls. Some do a seat-based model. How are you pricing? Yeah. So for our um, sentiment API, that's just a flat fee. Um, You know, no hard, hard API limits per se. And what? Like a flat fee per month? Yeah, flat fee per month. Um, and our SigDev product, which is our um, sort of real-time event sourcing, uh, that is a flat fee and then per month per seat. Okay, flat fee, okay, then per month per seat. So you, it's sort of like an entry price. You get three seats by default, and then you know each additional seat is a certain cost. If you at, if you look at your total revenue last month, what percent was your uh, API tool versus your SigDev product? Um, so our you know the tie is really interesting because we've gone through such a transition of just product market fit and seeing what sticks. And so at this point, um, we started generating like notable revenue uh, earlier this year. And it's really a conglomeration of so many, you know, there's, there's some random consulting projects in there, some random, you know, this or that. Um, but really our SIGDEV product is where it's starting to really take hold. Crypto, um, SIGDEV, the corporate action. Yeah, there's just so many market parts. like basically anyone in the market who needs access to information in a timely manner is a customer. So it could be publications. You know, currently it's driving... Um, about 50% of breaking news in crypto comes from our tool. So we're providing those events to publications themselves so then they can write about it. So it's kind of the news before the news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, law firms, hedge funds, um, it, really anyone who needs that timely information. So, so, so about so about how much is SigDev doing per month right now? Um, yeah, so I feel totally comfortable disclosing as much as I want about Wingman. The tie, we're definitely a little bit more reserved at this point, um, just because it's you know so scattered and uh, you know still getting our feet. But um, the tie is doing extremely well. Uh, sorry. Well, I guess maybe a better question might be when you said earlier this year the whole company altogether started it started making notable revenue. I mean, what was what would notable be? What would you consider notable? Yeah, I mean, we are well above our cash burn per month. Um, as I said, like I'm happy to talk about Wingman in terms of revenue and structure and all that, but the tie is not something we're we're really disclosing at this point. Well, and it's really because you. It sounds like you have a minority stake. There's a lot of people with equity in this, so you feel like you don't. Yeah. You'd have to get like their approval first, right? Yeah, I mean, Wingman is definitely like I. It's 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 my thing. The tie is sort of this company that I'm. Uh, I'm leading product, minority co-founder in, you know, spending most of my energy, but, you know, happy to share as much about Wingman. When you say minority, does that mean less than 20% equity that you own in the tie? Yeah. Yeah. And we just have, we have really strategic partners. And so that's the cap table has been divvied up among them, which allows us to access all this technology without significant development cost. No, that look, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I'm reading your SIGDEV product. You say it parses over a thousand sources real time, including exchange announcements, 
court cases, Chinese publications, token issuer blogs, regulatory filings, and more. I mean, this is not an easy sort of data scraping thing to build. So I could totally see why you would give SSI a meaningful chunk of the company to save cash flow on dev costs. Yeah, no, this is serious stuff. And uh, if we had to build it all, you know, from scratch at full cost, I don't think it would be possible. Mm-hmm. What, would, what do you think it would cost to build this from scratch at full cost? I couldn't even tell you. I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars to build all this technology, at least probably a few million. I mean, because SMA's technology, they've been building over the past 10 years. We just took that technology and brought it into crypto using our domain expertise. Um, and, you know, similarly, uh, we have a partner for the SigDev product to provide the base infrastructure. We just took that to crypto. So we're really just injecting our knowledge into existing technology and sort of building on that. So let me ask you a question. I mean, if this is like super valuable, right, which it sounds like it is, you actually list, I think, some of your Pakistan team on the website, Saeed, Shabir, Junaid, Mohammed, Amir, they're listed here with their LinkedIn profiles. If I'm Coinbase or I'm someone that's like, you're trying, like, let's say you're trying to sell one of your current enterprise accounts on the tie to move them from like a five grand a month plan to like a 50 grand a month plan. I'm going to say, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to go recruit Saeed and Shabir off their website and bring them on like Coinbase. I'll just bring, I'll bring them on full time to Coinbase. How do you think about that? I mean, that wouldn't really work. Um, sort of the relationships we have in place and the exclusivity deals that we have, in a sense, don't even allow any other company to access either the sentiment technology or the SIGDEV technology unless they come through us. So we have exclusive access to both of those um, with respect to crypto. Why can't, okay, so is what you're saying is SSI sort of built this tool internally and you guys have essentially licensed it with the crypto angle for the tie? This is, I, I know it sounds super complicated. We have another partner called ROI that helps us with the SIGDEV technology. So SSI is really, their role is helping us ingest the data from both SMA and ROI and help us build the front end products and the APIs that are sort of wrappers around those. What is SMA? SMA is social market analytics. And what is so ROI? Sentiment data. Uh, robotic online intelligence. Okay, and how did you meet them? Again, it's a uh, you know uh, existing relationship from previous business. Got it. Something like like from your like from Wingman or from Josh? From from Josh's side of things. Yeah. I see. I see. I. See. Yeah, I know. It's super. I know. It's super complicated. But uh, well, so if awesome. this is so exciting, why isn't he, why isn't he doing this full time? Who? Josh. Oh, he is. This is his. This is his only thing that he's working on. Sorry, Eric. Eric Frank. Oh, he's the CEO of uh, you know couple billion dollar companies. So, okay, got um, which which company? <laughs> yeah, um, he uh, his company is called Lightbox. That's a whole other story. But uh, yeah, he has his hands more than full. Got it. Okay, interesting. That, and that's that's sort of real estate platform potentially also a data play. Yeah, it's a sort of private equity real estate data play. Yeah, interesting. So he could probably bring some strategic buyers into your world, like hedge funds that have real estate exposure, but also now want crypto exposure. Yeah, right. And what is interesting is ROI's technology for um, parsing headlines and aggregating information actually came from the real estate industry. We took that into crypto. So there's a bunch of moving pieces that all sort of came together. Dude, I freaking love this, though. I love all these moving pieces. I just think it's the the challenge for someone like you is, I mean, you look like you're maybe younger than me even is like, you're young. Are you single? Yeah. Yeah. I'm 24. 
24, you probably keep your expenses really freaking low right now in your life is the time where you want to take the biggest risks. And you've made the decision to partner with some really smart people for a much, a much smaller stake of the company versus continuing to build a wingman. That's an interesting sort of choice. Yeah, no, I mean, and wingman is actually really at the core of my story because, um, as you mentioned, I left my job in a company in the options trading industry in order to launch wingman to avoid any sort of potential conflict of interest. So that's really sort of my bootstrapping story where, you know, my partner Piyush and I for Wingman built it from scratch. That's how I learned web development in the first place. I studied finance, but I wanted to build Wingman. So I learned how to do web development, really latched onto it. And Wingman's only grown from word of mouth. Um, And so, yeah, I keep my expenses super low. Um, I saved, you know, 60% of my salary when I was working full time. So that let me leave my job comfortably um, you know, live out the rest of my lease, you know, that sort of thing. So, um, it's, a, uh, it's, it's pretty amazing to see that it's actually come here. I mean, the original goal with wingman was, you know, Piyush and I were like, how can we just meet our living expenses? Right. That was like the ultimate goal because even though we didn't see wingman being our, you know, road to riches, I've been starting small businesses since middle, you know, since middle school. And I, I know that each time you do something, it just gives you more exposure to things and, um, it's just a piece of the puzzle. So if all we could do is get to you know twenty five hundred bucks a month each or whatever, um, that sort of unlocks us where we feel the freedom to really sort of escape the the job world. So speaking of freedom, I mean, Wingman does six grand a month. If Ameritrade comes and offers you a hundred grand to sell the company today, all cash up front, do you sell? Oh no, that would be that would be too low. I mean, if if, if you're already because it's all profit, right? I don't have any expenses, so. Um, you know, I'm happy to just keep operating it, building great product. I do the customer support, but I've mostly automated everything. So, um, the only thing I have to do is, you know, maybe 20 minutes a day of customer support. So what would Ameritrade or someone like that have to offer where you and push actually take it seriously? Um, I mean, I, I don't have an exact number, but it would have to be, you know, a pretty decent multiple on annual revenue since right now, you know, we haven't done any. What's decent though? Like three X, five X, 10 X. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, not in, in, I, I, I don't see really a point in giving an exact number, but for some context, you know, from word of mouth, it's growing about 10% month over month. So you know, I get it, Ben, I get, I get it. I get all that. But my, my, my point is, though, is like, you have another big opportunity right now. It's only, if you're building yeah. it for cash flow, then the analysis you're doing is you guys are each making three grand a month right now on cash flow, right? So it's that versus if someone wrote you a massive check today and you just, yeah, sure. instead of having to wait three years to get three grand a month and you just got a hundred grand today, what you could do with that in terms of compound interest over time, that's the math you're doing. Yeah, totally. So, so, so yeah, you're a finance guy. I don't believe that you haven't thought about this, right? Like what's the oh, number I've today? I've definitely thought about it. Um, yeah. You know, if today, right now, if I was able to take all the risk off the table, you know, looking at something like 500,000, which I know is a high multiple, to me, that would be like a reasonable number where I say, okay, and the reason why I'm okay not just getting it off my hands is because I enjoy running it. It does not take a lot of effort at all. There's no expenses and it's growing well. So um, I don't really see a reason to sort of sell it short. 
Yeah. So 500 K would be 250 grand to both you and push well, actually a little less to push because you take a little more equity. So call it 300 to right. you, 200 to him after taxes, it's like 160, 170. And you're saying, okay, at that point, it makes sense to take 160 cash after tax today versus waiting and getting three K per month, you know, for the next whatever, 20 years. Yeah. And, and even then like that amount of money would be great, but it's really not life changing. So at this point, what I'm focused on is how can I enable myself to do, you know, free up the most of my time and focus on what I want to focus on. And, you know, oftentimes with an acquisition, what would come is a lot of more, you know, a lot more responsibility potentially with that. Uh, not always. I mean, if there's an earnout, yeah, but not always. Yeah. Well, yeah, if there was, right. So um, that would be a consideration as well, where at this point it lets me do whatever I want to do. It's a really great backup plan. You know, it covers my living expenses. So, um, you know, it's just nice to have in the back of your pocket. I hear you. All right, let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book. I don't have any favorite book, but I will do a special shout out to the Tropical MBA podcast. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, I follow quite a few. My Twitter following list is probably the best place, um, but definitely focused around sort of the micro SaaS bootstrapping community. And there's some obvious main hitters there. Pick one. Um, I really like Nathan Barry. Um, and there's, there's plenty of others. Why do you like Tropical MBA? Do you have a connection? Is that Chris? I forget. Is it Chris Drucker? No, that's uh, Dan Andrews and, and Ian, uh, Ian Schoen. Um, the thing I really like about Tropical MBA is they focus on lifestyle business and really des- more of a holistic picture, right? So they're focused on people who are mostly digital nomad, but I don't necessarily relate to that. They're just focused on how can you design a business around the life that you want to have. And the unique takes that they have are pretty refreshing. Um, so they, it's given me a lot of thought over the past two years of um, different aspects of just how to see your path and what you want to focus on. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your company? Ooh, that's a good one. So um, I think Zapier is really cool. I'm just sort of a, a nerd for automation. I like automating things uh, if I'm not doing it by scratch. Um, one a special one tool I'd love to shout out is Hatchbox, uh, created by uh, Chris Oliver. That handles basically all my DevOps. So in a click of a button, it's really easy to just manage and deploy uh, my wingman code. Uh, so it's a really great tool. Can you tool. spell it? Hatch what? Hatchbox.io. I was going to say, Hatchbox is something else, 3D filaments. Hatchbox.io, got it. <laughs> VPS hosting providers, did it, okay. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, eight. And what's your situation? Well, it sounds like 24, single? Yeah, single. No kids running around? Not yet. <laughs> All right, and, and um, last question. Take us back four years. What's something you wish you knew when you were 20? Yeah, I mean, that is not too long ago, but the thing that uh, I definitely remember feeling when I was a senior in college is just not thinking that it was even possible uh, for a very long time to pay your own bills doing your own thing. I thought you had to get a job, and even though there are a lot of perks to that, there is a path to making your living expenses very quickly um, outside of school if you have some good you know, skills that you can find a way to monetize. Guys, wingmantracker.com, trade tracking for options. Traders, Ben has hustled his way, he's 24 today, he's hustled his way to $6,000 a month in revenue, covers exp- expenses. It's a great sort of thing to have in his back pocket as he doubles down on a minority stake in a much larger company, larger potential at least, called The Tie, which is really a crypto sort of analytics tool, breaking news from you know trusted sources, tied to some very, very smart people that have done this in other industries. We'll see what happens. We'll see which one gets bigger, faster. But Ben, in the meantime, thanks for taking us to the top. Yeah, thanks so much.